Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. We're back. This is the Wesson Walker Show. You wanted to go foul line. You want to on video? Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, we're going to get to that in one second, man. But Wesson Walker back. Sports Radio 92.7 <laughs> WFNG. Broadcasting live from the Planet Kia Studios. The best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them on East Independence or online at planetkianc.com. And folks, I... Sorry, Planet Kia. That was uh, not the most enthusiastic. But Wes is angry at Fitty. Yeah, it was... Uh... I mean, we're talking during the break like we always do. And, and we start talking about the Women's World Cup. And then we... I talk about how sporting events just creep up on you. The world moves quick. We're all so busy. So we start talking about the Olympics. And I said... I was watching track this weekend and said how the Olympics are creeping up on us. It'll be next year. And then Fiddy just comes out and says that, oh, I don't watch the track stuff. So what happens is we talk about, he's like, oh, I love the Olympics. That's Fiddy. Yes. And I was like, yes, I do too. It's like, I love swimming. Swimming is great. I was like, yeah, swimming's great. Love track and field when that gets going. He's like, you watch that? Now, it's not that he doesn't like track. Okay, whatever. That's a little bit of a problem. But it's the vitriol that is coming from that area of the room and the fact that we might like track. It's like, it's one of the most popular events. I would argue it's the most popular. It it probably is. Swimming is great. At the Summer Olympics. A lot of people, and he's like, you watch that? Yes. A lot of people watch it. Why don't you like track? The biggest stars from the Summer Olympics come from track and field. Yeah, I mean, first off, how many of them are doping? You always got to worry about that. Now, like, look, like, like when Usain Bolt was running, I was invested. I was gonna watch. I was gonna watch him run. But like, as a kid, when you watch the Olympics, you get you mesmerized by Michael Phelps and all the stuff he did. Kayla Decky was my Olympic crush in 2016. Like. That's that's always hearing Rowdy Gaines and Dan Hicks. It's a it's a great combo. Freak out about people swimming is the greatest form of broadcasting in the summertime outside of baseball commentary. Where are we on gymnastics? Because I'm a big gymnastics. Guy. Yes, love it. Do you like gymnastics? Okay, Wes. Oh, I watch it all. Yes, I okay. love gymnastics as well. That's the time I watch it the most is during the Olympics. Is there anything you don't watch as much? Don't really care about some of the other likes kind of stuff that comes on the, the sub channels like the the water polo and different things like that but i kind of flip around and look at everything like when it's on multiple channels i kind of flip and i look at everything that's available fitty just gave another seductive sound bite where it sounds like if the sport happens in water fitty is there that was my first introduction to doc emmerich as a broadcaster you know what sport i watched the least of during the olympics is it not track and field well besides that <laughs> what is it i don't watch the basketball just because the games aren't exciting? Yeah, because I know the United States, outside, before this past Olympics where we weren't as great, it's... I mean, it's not the dream team out there Right, anymore. you know, they, we're still so, winning by like 30. So they had 2012, and there have been some good yeah, basketball depends, games. Man, they get challenged. So I remember when 2K tried to play up the whole debate between the dream team and 2012. And I always thought that was a little overstated. It's pretty... Dream team is the team to me that was the best. But then if you go with 2016... 
2020. The Redeem Team. The Redeem Team in 04 or 08. Oh, well, 08 was the Redeem yeah. Team because they lost in 04. Yeah. I, I was, think that's right. like... That's right. 04 was the bad year. That's what I was mentioning. Yes. Basketball, it got better. Plus... I mean, it's so global now. You have yeah. so many different players that you recognize playing for the other countries. I still like basketball. Yeah, I was going to say, man, that Redeem team, that debate against the drink team, that's a good one. Ooh. If you want to be wrong. That's a good one. <laughs> Ooh, that's something I would say, Walker. Maybe maybe no, a topic I, tomorrow. It was very good. A good 2012 was great, but it's it's Dream Team to me. He's talking about the 08 team. Mm. No, you're, no, he's talking about 2012 and Dream Team debate, I'm right? talking about the Redeem team that they did the documentary on. Wasn't that 08? That's 08. Yes. That's the one where Kobe, Kobe runs LeBron, Wade. But you're yeah. comparing that team to the Dream Team? Yeah. That's not what people were doing, though. It was They were comparing them to 2012. Like, that was the team when NBA 2K, it was a hot debate that mm-hmm. year. It was you could play as the Dream Team and the 2012 squad. And that was the big debate between those I two. It, was it wasn't Redeem. No, it wasn't. It was the tw- it was the 2012 squad that people were Because that was the only well, team Kobe years, played on. Why. Yeah, so it was 20 years. But then the team came back. Yeah. And they had a lot of the guys that actually, you know, were on that 08 squad. So we can look it up. We can, right, we can have that debate, too. That's a really good summer topic as well. All right. So um, that kind of threw me off of the trajectory that I was on because we're about to take a visit to the foul line for uh, Northwestern football. Uh, okay, we're going and there. Pat cool. Fitzgerald. All right. Let's just do it. They'll look at this to see whether this is a flagrant. Mm, that, that was scary. I don't, even, I don't even know if I want to see that again. <laughs> you got to think that's going to be a flagrant. The question is, is it a one or a two? <laughs> Listen, everybody knows that listens to this show. Unless you're new, I did play college football back in my day. Been in many a locker rooms. And when I heard about what was going on at Northwestern and the hazing and the fact that Pat Fitzgerald, a college football head coach, these guys are the biggest taskmasters there is. They know everything that goes on in a program. But when I heard about this team talking about giving somebody run, bringing them into a dark locker room, dry humping them with eight or nine upperclassmen as the team washes, I mean, watches, puts them in the car wash, being naked in the shower, being brushed up against by their teammates. I just wondered on what planet does this happen? Because if this had happened at Wake Forest University with the teammates that I had, it had been a lot of ass whipping going on. And I know I don't use the A word often, but it had been looking like the WWE up in there. You're not going to bring me into a uh, 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 a dark locker room and dry hump me. You're not doing any of that stuff. What type of kids are letting this happen? What type of teammates are letting this happen? And then Pat Fitzgerald, I, 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 I don't know what was going on. Really? Were you about to know what's going on from the unemployment line? Because they're about to file you behind. And if they don't, they should. At first, they tried to come out and say two games. But then once they realized and saw how bad things got, they said, we need to reconsider. I don't know how you had to even consider in the first place. But just the fact that these guys let this go down and these kids let these other kids do this to them. There's no way you're bringing West Bryant and some of the teammates that I had. I'm talking about, I know you guys don't know some of these guys, but my man Brian Andrews, Giles Tucker, P.A. Easley, God rest his soul. You think you're bringing any of us into a locker room and doing any of that stuff? You are out of your gourd, okay? These kids should be chastised. 
The coach should be fired. The Northwestern program, I damn near want to put him on, uh, what's it, the death penalty of college football for this nonsense. Come on, man. I mean... So you talked about Fitz not knowing about this. Here. That's what that's what he was saying. And then there is a former player who told ESPN on the case of anonymity. I didn't say that right. Anonymity. <laughs> and Fitz absolutely knew about hazing in this program. Fitz absolutely failed by not intervening. Fitz knew and he should have made it stop. And if he truly did not know, he should not be the head coach. Either way, he should not be the head coach because he's not monitoring and protecting the safety and well-being of student athletes. So this is the thing that is a no-win situation for Fitzgerald. If you ask me i don't know if they're still going to bring him back because he objectively is a good football coach on the field when it comes to winning and losing recruiting some talent to a program that isn't necessarily the best but when you talk about you didn't know okay now it's failure to monitor what your program is doing and if you did know then that's automatic cause to just be fired so whatever way you want to play this there's nothing that saves you from keeping this job or at least should save you from keeping this job so you're absolutely right there's no excuse either you knew you should be fired or you didn't and you should be fired but it both leads to the same exit i mean these coaches they have everything timed down to the minute of what we're going to do so there's no way with these guys they are uh micromanagers they are taskmasters you're telling me that no player ever told an academic counselor or somebody close to the program what was going on. Nobody ever heard of anything. And then them go back and tell Pat Fitzgerald or one of the coaches, hey, your guys are doing X, Y, Z. That's the biggest load of crap I've ever heard. He at least heard about what was going on amongst these guys. And so for him to sit there, as I said, college football head coaches are the biggest taskmasters that there are. There's no way he didn't know about it. He deserves what's coming to him. And it's just, like I said, ridiculous well, that those guys would do that to their teammates. What What's really unfortunate, too, I mean, I understand that a lot of these players have a close relationship with Pat Fitzgerald, a guy that recruited them, a guy that has coached them for however long their tenure has been with the Wildcats. But Northwestern players on Saturday released a statement supporting Fitzgerald, saying he didn't have any knowledge of the alleged incident. Mm -hmm. And the accusations from the former players were exaggerated and twisted. So if this report is absolutely true and everything that the investigation might say is true, then to me, it doesn't really matter what the players say. Sometimes players should have say, and a lot of times they shouldn't. And this is not one where the university should say, oh, okay, y'all like him? All right, we'll look the other way on this, and we'll just let him keep his job. Nah, man, this is somebody that should go. I just don't know if Northwestern is going to make that decision. Yeah, I mean, just sitting by and watching this mess, your teammates and... Oh, all right. Well, I got that out of my system now. All right. So let's yeah. let's, let's keep transition? it in the Big Ten to a a Big Ten legend and Mohsen Mohammed, and talking about him okay. being put into the Panthers Hall of Honor this week. And so uh, we talked about the fact of him being underrated earlier in the show. And so I do think that he's one of the most underrated Panthers. As you said, I think he gets the love from Panthers Nation. But when you talk about just uh, over the NFL landscape and being talked about as maybe one of the best receivers of his era or just being one of the big-time guys. His name doesn't come up enough in the nine seasons with the Panthers, the numbers that he was able to put up, 11, excuse me, uh, seasons with the Panthers, over 9,000 yards, 50 touchdowns, and 696 catches, had a couple of Pro Bowls and a first-team All-Pro uh, nod as well. So for Moose, this 
uh, achievement is definitely one that is well-deserved. And do you think that in the NFL landscape, this is a guy that's looked at as one of the more underrated wide receivers of his era? Yeah, from 96, when he first entered the league, he was done after a really long career, 14 years, added up in total, 11 with Carolina, as you mentioned. Even coming back to Carolina for that second stint, at 35 years old, that 2008 team, Moose put up 923 receiving yards. He had five receiving touchdowns and he had 65 receptions on a 12 and four football team. That's what's important to me. So when we talk about longevity too, yes, he has all of the production from the first stint, 96 to when he eventually went to Chicago for that two year. What was it? Oh, six. I think that's what it was. I'm bringing it back up either way. Yeah. So it was oh five and oh six, oh seven coming back to Carolina in oh eight. 12 and four football team where he had over 900 receiving yards. It's a really important part of that team that was successful, very successful in the regular season. So to do that on two different stints, you look at Julius Peppers that comes back to Carolina after a stop in Chicago and Green Bay comes back, has a great year, putting up a lot of sacks in one of the final two seasons of his NFL career. Moose and same thing. Very, very similar where Julius is a little more recent, but in 08, Moose did the same exact thing. So, yeah, I think if we're just talking about underrated players that were with Carolina on a national scale, Moose 100% is in that conversation. I wouldn't call him underrated from a Panthers fan base standpoint because we all love some Moose. Like, he's appropriately rated. He, He gets his flowers and deserves every single one of them. But from a national standpoint, people forget just how good he was. Yeah, and still active in the community. He has restaurants and things of that nature. And if you guys want to see something funny, uh, on one of my Westcott Range episodes when I did it from Wild Wing Cafe at the Epicenter when it used to be there for our segment where I tried one of their uh, top menu items. We did the Braveheart Wing, which was uh, their hottest wing. I've tried the Braveheart Wing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we it's see fire. me trying it on the camera and then coming back uh, briefly to see me sweating profusely because uh, that wing definitely is not for the faint of heart. Among all the hottest things you've ever tried, was that the most fire and um, the most pain scale? No. Those wings I had in Miami at the Orange Bowl, nothing would ever <laughs> that. That Fire! Like sweated through a do-rag, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that was that was pretty bad. Just pure pain. Yeah, it was. It Braveheart was, was tough, too, though. I didn't even finish my wings. I tried a couple of them. They were really hot. <laughs> I couldn't do it, so props to you. All right, so when we come back on the Wes and Walker Show Madden 24 is on the way, and the ratings will be out soon enough. So we're going to try to come up with our own ratings for some of the Panthers' core players that will be in Madden. That's next on the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. 
Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Appreciate everyone listening to the nonsense today, man. We've been all over the place. Panthers Hall of Honor. Some people mad at us for not putting in Brad Hoover. People excited, though, because we get to talk about Moose and Muhammad. Had a big old conversation on family eateries, like maybe a Chili's, Applebee's. Wes went to O'Charlie's over the weekend. Yes. How? When was the last time you went before this weekend? Uh, no, we've, we've gone a couple of times uh, since I've been staying where I stay now. And so okay. uh, it's not far. So we've gone probably three times in the last four months, I'd say. Oh, man. So you guys are frequent O'Charlie's visits. Yeah, yeah. Didn't know that they were out there still, but I was a I was one of those frequent visitors back mm-hmm. in the day. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, one hundred percent. It does sound like a good deal now that uh, you brought that back into my life. I might have to go check it back yeah, out. Come once on out, man. Again, we, we can hit it up. Um, that'll be fantastic. All right, let's talk a little bit more about Hornet Summer League before we dive into more Madden view, uh, reviews. I know you talked about that. We have some questions just about Brandon Miller, what he was able to accomplish over the weekend, maybe not so much. We were talking about the Summer League schedule. They play every other uh, day, but I don't think they're going to play more than what they have in the next two games. So they play tomorrow night, then they play July 13th. But because they've already lost a couple of games, don't know if they're going to win enough to move on and play for a summer league championship, quote unquote, if you will. Um, Any other takeaways outside of what we've seen from Brandon Miller, uh, Nick Smith Jr. playing Bryce McGowan's James Najee, like what I've seen from him defensively. Any other takeaways that you had? Um, Yeah, like I said with me, I'm just going to wait and see him in the regular season once he gets a real point guard. Because to me, he's just kind of showing that he's not a guy. Yeah, for Brandon Miller. That he's not a guy that's going to be able to carry the team, carry the load like that. Uh, He's not the the difference maker where you just give him the ball and say, hey, go get us three or four straight buckets to close this game out. That's not going to be his game. But I do think he's going to benefit greatly from the way the Hornets play as far as moving the basketball and with LaMelo Ball. And then you talk about, just as I said, some of the IQ that you see, some of the passes that he's dished out and some of the passes that he's tried to dish out that have turned into turnovers, I think he's going to turn into uh, a, a good distributor of the basketball and the Hornets offense given his position. So as I said, I, I think he'll be fine and I haven't been really that discouraged with anything I've seen from him because the flaws are things that we've talked about and things that we kind of expected, whether you say the size, the strength, some of the ball handling, some of those things. Yeah, it's going to take some time for a lot of rookies that step in. We'll see what uh, happens with Brandon Miller. Uh, James Najee, just real quick, can I shed some love on the guy that I fell in love with playing defense in the quick YouTube highlight session and then starting to dig a little bit deeper. The guy that covers a ton of defensive ground in the highlights, in some of the game that he plays, in some of the games that he plays for FC Barcelona, that has been on full display here in Summer League. How about James Najee playing very good defense against Wimby, sticking with him? And then you see Colin Castleton, who was excellent in this game for the Lakers, was so good. Looked like one of the best. I mean, he probably played the best of anybody in this game that we saw between the Hornets and the Lakers yesterday. James Najee blocked a shot a couple times, stuck with them in some transition uh, transition possessions for him. Also, you saw him defending two guys at once and then uh, making a one of the guards real indecisive. I like what we've seen from James Najee. I don't know if he's going to come over, though. I wonder if he still is the draft and stash guy. I thought he was. So but, you can still play in a summer league and still do that. Yeah. Ah, okay. We, we had this with Arnoldus Kubolka when okay. he was a late second round pick out of Lithuania. So this might be the same kind of thing with James Najee. 
Doug texted me, Lockdown Hornets co-host, and apparently Najee said one of the quotes was, the idea is to continue one more year with Barcelona ah, okay. and then maybe come over after that. So we'll see. But he looked very good defensively. Are you laughing because we're talking Najee defense in Summer League? No, you mentioned your podcast and... Uh... I don't know if you wanted to bring this to the airwaves or not, but you had a hater on oh. on on your Twitter timeline over the weekend, and oh, I didn't I didn't fitty. know what to do. Fitty, there are there are a lot of people. This guy's well, dedicated not, though because he had a, oh, he had yeah. an edit. Did you see my tweet about it? Is that I, what you're talking I, I, about? I saw your tweet. Right. Um, I want to ask for permission to pull the 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 cut the, the the cut of um. Of Doug calling someone the bustiest draft pick because I think it'd be funny. Well, it's James Booknight and Kai Jones yeah. is what he's talking about. So, Which James Booknight fits it more. Kai was anyways. But yeah, no, there's haters out there, man. So there, there is a faction of the Charlotte Hornets fandom that are not even Charlotte Hornets fandom. It's really a lot of LaMelo Ball fans that want Brandon Miller to be that guy alongside LaMelo. And so they're mad because we were very team scoot throughout yeah. the draft. I hated it for you, man. I was sitting there. I knew you were out of town doing some pond work over the weekend. The pond looks great, by the way. Thank you. You saw some pictures. But, I appreciate uh, it. you know, I didn't know if we wanted us to come to your defense or not. Because I would like to think oh, if no, I'm in a Twitter ignore- battle. No, 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 no. You know, you'd be there to have my back. Look, what happens is, and Wes, I don't know if you agree with this, but when you have... When an account doesn't have many followers. <laughs> yeah, I give it the- no mind. Just, I mean, I mean there's no reason they're, they, they care a lot about it. Like, it's just. They didn't care to have an updated Avi, though. You, no, no, they do. They update their own. They It's a Locked On Hornets hate logo. Well, no, it was Avi was Nada. Oh, with that at that point. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, so, no, he changes it. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, we're, God, already giving, we're giving this guy. <laughs> if we gave this guy a second of attention on this show yeah. because of you, and it is. One second too many if we gave him one. I'm sorry. I mean, it was me coming to your defense, though. No, but that's just like that. If you did that every Twitter, every Twitter interaction like that, it'd be too much. It'd be too much. So it's okay to ignore that. I appreciate it, though. I appreciate you looking out for me. I got your back, man. Thank you. That's fitty. Do you have my back? Like James the- Najee has the Hornets back. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. 704-570-9610. Thank you, Fiddy, for taking us to the side. Let's talk about Madden ratings with the core players on this Carolina Panthers team. Okay. Because we do have Madden about to drop, I guess, soon. You're much more into the video game setup than I am. Uh, It's around late August. Late August. Mm -hmm. So it's happening soon. But the ratings will start to leak out. Oh, that's right. In the next week or two. All right. So who do you think is going to be the highest rated player on this Panthers roster? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think the highest rated Panther will be Brian Burns. I would think so. If, if I was to give him a rating, I would go with I'd give him an I'd give him an eighty eight. So you're saying not quite ninety. Yeah, not I'd give quite him an in that in that I'd company. give him an eighty eight with a pass rush of eighty. Okay. Yeah, I think Miles Sanders now what's interesting is if you want to look up some predictions as had by Skyler Callahan on the Sports Illustrated affiliate Fan Nation All Panthers. He was trying to predict some of the ratings for these players. I'm not great at the Madden ratings just because I don't play Madden anymore. But you I used, used to, to do create a player, though. So you, you're qualified for this because well, you would create guys. But I would create guys that were 99 Insane. all across the board. Insane. Yeah, they were 7'5". They weighed 450 pounds, and I named them Tater Salad and Nainer Puddin', and we'd go win the Super Bowl. It was excellent stuff. Miles Sanders is an 88, though. So at least the prediction from Skyler, and you think Brian Burns isn't going to quite touch 90. I think he's going to get there. You think so? Give me a 90 for okay. Brian Burns as an edge rusher, and I think that's probably still going to be the highest what rated player. What would you give player. his pass rush rating? 
Oh, I don't know. This is the problem. I mean, it's I one to one hundred. So you seen him play? I mean, you could give him a that's, basically like give him a letter grade. Well, that's class. what I'm. That's what I'm kind of. I'll go ninety then. Okay. Right, because I. That's what you're going to grade him. This is what he does. Okay. I'm not going to give him a ninety coverage grade. I'm going to give him a ninety pass rush grade. That's what he does as a player. So that's what I'd probably roll with. Okay. Who do you think is the second highest Madden player? Um. Hmm. I would go probably J.C. Horn. Okay. I think his analytics, if I was to give him a grade two, I'd probably go for J.C. Horn. I'd probably go – no, I'm going to go Derrick Brown. I'll take that back. I'll go Derrick Brown. And for Brown, I would give him probably an 85. Okay. I'd go with the 85. So how how did you want to predict some of this stuff? Because you have Brian Burns. I, I used to make players all the time. All right, so what? So so put me into West the video gay player's mind. <laughs> okay. When you're trying to figure out how Brian Burns would be rated, mm-hmm. Derek Brown, who you think should be the best, who you think is going to be the best, mm-hmm. just take us into an evening where Wes is putting on Madden That's 2024, yeah. and you have the Carolina Panthers, yeah. and you have the ability to make your own ratings. Mm-hmm. What kind of effects, overall key traits you're going to bring for some of the Panthers' core players? Yeah, I mean, so. I said for uh, for for Derek Brown then because I gave Brian Burns an eighty on the pass rush because I still want to see him be able to dominate. An eighty? Yeah, I said an eighty. Okay. Yeah, because because he's a good pass rusher, but as I said, he gets a lot of free runs, and I want to see him be able to dominate linemen on a regular basis. So uh, just for comparison, like for pass rush, I would give a guy like Nick Bosa like a ninety-seven or something like that. Not just because he's a forty-nine, even Miles Garrett. I would probably give him up in that range too because these probably are probably ninety six, right? Yeah, these are guys. <laughs> <laughs> these are guys who dominate offensive linemen on a regular basis and have to be double and triple teamed and things of that nature. And I don't think Burns is there yet, uh, but as far as Derek Brown, I would go for him in eighty five. I think he's a guy on the cusp. Uh, you probably would look at. Chris Jones from the Chiefs would probably be like a 98 for comparison, 98 maybe. He might be in a 99 club. I know they're a little bit more uh, premium with those 99s that they give out because they send the players the packages for them being in a 99 club. And Didn't stuff like Luke Keekley and McCaffrey, yeah. did they both get that or was it just Keekley? I think they did. Well, we can uh, look it up later. Who else yeah. do you have? So then I would go with that for Brown. I'd probably give him on uh, for power. I'd probably give him like a 90. Pass rush, I'd probably give him like a 76, 75, something like that. Uh, J.C. Horn, I'd probably go for him. I'd probably give him an 84. Um, I think he's still okay. a guy that's up and coming. His coverage grade, I'd probably go like an 80, 84, 85, somewhere in there for him, too. I'd probably go like an 80. So if we were to try to figure out who is going to improve the most with some of these ratings, mm-hmm. and we're talking Over a lot. the course of the season. Yeah, we're yeah. talking a lot about the defensive players here. Mm-hmm. Jero Averro is coming over as the defensive coordinator. Did a great job with Denver. Despite not having huge names pass rushing the quarterback, mm-hmm. Bradley Chubb was very good, got traded, and then signed a big contract with Miami. After that, not a whole lot of household names on that Denver defense. Mm-hmm. Do you think Derek Brown is the guy that is going to be unleashed the most with the Jero Averro here? We've talked about this a lot, but there are so many different names you could go with. Do you think Derek Brown is the leader in the clubhouse now? Um, well, when you look at Derek Brown and you talk about him on the ESPN list, they're starting to go through and uh, drop the top 10 guys at different positions. And so Derek Brown is a guy that's starting to garner a lot of respect. And so when you look at the write-up that they have from him, 
him. Uh, it comes from ESPN, Jeremy Fowler. And so he finished right outside of that top 10 in that honorable mention. And they talked about how he had career highs in different categories. But they said he was a bit out of position early in his career as a read and react player. But late last year, they had him attacking more, and NFC execs said. And so that's why I said, and I asked the question, was Derek Brown going to be unleashed uh, this season? And I think, for one, it's going to be hard. Like I said, in those multiple fronts, it depends on where he lines up. But I think as a 3-4 defensive end, it's going to be a little bit difficult to be unleashed because one of your main jobs is to hold those blockers so those linebackers can make plays. So I don't know that we'll see some of the big numbers that we've seen from him. I don't know that he reaches that tackle total, uh, the, the tackle for loss total. I think some of those numbers may go down a little bit, but his impact as far as what it has on the defense, I think will still be great. It's just his role is going to be a little bit different than what it would be as a 4-3-3 technique. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated to see because there, he's still going, I think he's going to have a, a nice group of both. I think you're going to have plenty of snaps in an old familiar position, but I also think that you're going to see him be unleashed in a very new spot with an odd man front. So I, I don't think that the transition is going to be crazy, right? I think that you are able to wean him into a different facet of the game. Mm-hmm. That's going to really help his transition. So I only expect good things, to be honest with you, yeah. from Derek Brown as a defensive coordinator. All right. And then so uh, if we flip over to Bryce Young for his grade, I know that rookies come in sometimes and they have a little bit of a uh, rough transition on Madden, but I would give Bryce Young an 82. I would go 82 for Bryce Young, and I think he will improve a lot as the season goes along. I think his grade will improve. Uh, His throwing accuracy, I would give him – I'd go 86. Throwing power, I'd probably go about the same, maybe a little bit more like an 89. So, yeah, I I would give Bryce Young an 82, though, as Uh, a rookie. uh, Brian wrote in the real question is what Bryce Young's rating is going to be. Yeah, I said I'd give him an 82. Yep. I'm going to guess 80. I think Madden is going to start top draft picks higher overalls more often now so that's what brian is writing in fan guy dave also said we also created seven five four hundred pound madden players yummy fanta and fanta yummy all right i used to make (laughs) i used to make real players with realistic size speed and ratings and stuff did you slide the gameplay settings all the way up for those or the sliders you put them at 99 because i would get so good at after a while i needed a challenge and it still didn't work no, oh, so you put what I was when asking. When you said game sliders, I'm thinking about when you're saying uh, the AI. No, you're putting the difficulty level at the hardest yes. is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about when you could create players mm-hmm. and then give them 99 catch, 99 rushing ability. You wouldn't do that. I would No, I would I would make really crazy players, and then I'd put them into the recruiting pool for somebody else to get because I wanted to play against them. And the computer would never do with them what you would want them to. But I would always make... I would just always make freakish players and put them in the recruiting pool, and I would not recruit them. <laughs> I like that you tried to be so real. Because then you would also <laughs> have uh, – is this still around the time that you would do post-game radio shows? Dog, after? I was the only child. I would do it all. I would make these players. I would come up with – I'd have different series every – uh, recruiting cycle. I'd make up sons, nephews of of great players. Like I did it all, man. Nephews are great players. Yeah. What kind of nephew I'd did you create? <laughs> I come up with. I mean, I might make a guy, and I'd be like, uh, he's the nephew of. I mean, back in the day, like 
I might be like, he's a nephew of Randy Moss or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'd make him similar to said player, but be like, oh, they're, they're a nephew. Instead of Moose, you would just have like Elk Muhammad. Right. You would just name him. <laughs> yeah, something right. in that Elk same Muhammad. neighborhood. Something in the neighborhood. <laughs> Thank you. It was really Nicely bad. Nicely done. But I appreciate the fanfare anyway. <laughs> All right, let's go to the last Fitty Flash of the day. We have some other topics to get to. We, we have lots, to be honest with you. Who knows? It's going to be a random group of topics, but that's all after the last Fitty Flash. Fitty. The starters for tomorrow night's All-Star Game have been revealed, and for the National League, former Tar Heel Zach Gallen will get the ball um, he'll start for the National League, and Garrett Cole of the Yankees, he will start for the AL. Of course, Otani's not going to pitch. He is he is slotted, though, number two in the batting order for the AL. And speaking of baseball, Ronald Acuna Jr. and Shohei Otani, they topped the highest-selling jerseys in baseball for the first half of the year. This is the first time a Brave has topped the jersey sales at the midway point since they started releasing such data in 2010. He's well on his way to being the MVP. Um, and so really no surprise there. I guess the biggest surprise is that uh, him and some other Braves guys, and maybe I might foul line this in the final segment, skipping the all-star festivities this week because they're ready to disappoint their fan base once again in October. Wow. It's a lot of talk from a Met fan that is undergoing do, what baby. might be the most disappointing season in recent memory, given the expectations and the largest payroll in the sport. Yeah. I think with the Atlanta Braves, it's funny because I wonder just how many, how well do they do compared to other organizations when yeah. it comes to past jersey sales like how many hank aarons do you see repped out there how many times you have a dale murphy you Wes bryant not mm-hmm. a baseball fan has a dale murphy jersey from back in the day and yeah. it is as clean as it gets i wonder if they are uh, among the leaders in the uh, historic jersey sale yeah i mean the braves do have a great look and it's funny because my mom brought up just the other day about the yankees uh, uniforms and how great they were and she was saying that they were the best and i said well i don't know about that i said there are a lot of teams that have great uniforms and the braves were one of the ones that I brought up. That classic look with the tomahawk on there, I think they're pretty dope. So I would think they would be up there, especially when you talk about Hank Aaron. I think he's the main cog in their jersey sales, I would say. Well, plus you had demographics, different demographics that love it Mm -hmm. because Outkast, they have bobblehead night in Atlanta where everyone loves the Outkast bobblehead and they're repping the Braves jerseys. So yes, I think the Braves were appealing to a bunch of different demographics. and, And I will say too, really quick, they have a great benefit of them being the black music mecca and them having so many people to advertise the jersey. So many rappers, actors, and things of that nature, but especially when you talk about influential music artists that rock that jersey. Well, and also, how about black players that are among the best in history? Sure. Here we are talking about Hank Aaron, the what people still consider to be the true home run king, mm-hmm. and then you also have... Um, you also have Terry Pendleton winning an MVP, like even random players out there that maybe aren't among the top five in organization history. They're winning MVPs, too. So, yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting. The dynamic there with the jerseys being so cool. Ronald Acuna leading this year jersey sales in the National League. One more segment to go on Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, 
Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The chain will be given out tonight. I can't wait. Home run derby taking place this evening. 2023, baby. Who is going to win the mm-hmm. new chain that they give out after we don a new home run king? Your boy, Fitty, Pete Alonzo is going to be in the field, and Adley Rutschman is in there. Who are some of the favorites? Give us your baseball analysis on what to expect tonight from all the players involved. I, I, I think... I think the favorites face off in the first round in the polar bear, Pete Alonzo, and then Julio Rodriguez, who beat Alonzo last year in the home run derby. So uh, it's it's great marketing by Major League Baseball to have those two dudes square off in the first round. And hopefully the polar bear advances as he's going for his record tying third home run title. Are you going to be watching, Wes? That's the real question. Yeah, I think I'm going to check out a little bit of it as well. I mean, especially with the new chain going out, we definitely talked about it. So, uh, I'm in. My man Julio Rodriguez from the Mariners will be in there representing. Is that your man now? I didn't know. Hey, I'm a Mariners fan from the Griffey days, man. I- well, hold on. You can't. You can't. This is like Fiddy saying you watch track. Like this is <laughs> like I don't. I didn't know. I know you liked Griffey, but I know the Mariners were your squad. Yeah. Okay. It was my team. All right. So we went to see. We went to a Mariners game last summer when we went to Seattle, and that was really fun. We took the pictures in front of the King Griffey statue and all that. Okay. Um. All right. So Mariners fan Wes Bryant gonna be pulling for his guy, as he says, <laughs> Julio Rodriguez. I don't have – there's not a white sock in it, right? Because – oh, Luis Rob. Yeah, there we mm-hmm. go. Boom. All right, that's what I'm pulling for. I didn't even realize he was in the home run derby. 26 home runs. I saw his debut for the Charlotte Knights, and he went two for four. And he his first ever at bat with the Charlotte Knights when he was called up. That farm system was crazy for that little stretch for Chicago mm. because they just traded everybody. Once they traded Chris Sale, it was all bottoming out from that point. They got Luis Robert and – this is this dude at bat ground rule double eases into second base is like oh, okay he's gonna be the truth and sure enough he is what kind of shot do you give him tonight fitty does he have a good does he have a decent chance of winning i mean the you know it's one of those everybody has a chance do i do i expect him to win the event that answer is no so probably yes like he'll take down alonzo and then all of a sudden white sock walker will show back up and I have to deal with you tomorrow afternoon uh white sock walker He's not dead because I want to see them do well. But, man, he was pretty damaged in the Fernando Tatis-James Shields trade. Mm. <laughs> it should, And rightfully so because Tatis is God. They traded for a win-now pitcher that really wasn't winning now. Mm-mm. And they got rid of Trace Thompson, Clay Thompson's brother, and Fernando Tatis, who is a pretty much, although he's not in the All Star game, right? Not initially. I don't, I don't believe so. But dude, he is just, dude, he is a Giselle playing in the outfield. The way he just runs what? is just mesmerizing. You guys, <laughs> did you just I call? He was talking about Tom Brady's wife. Did he just call <laughs> an African safari animal 
the model in which Tom Brady was married to for some time. <laughs> Did you just call him a Giselle? And is he posing for magazine covers? I think you mean Gazelle, right? I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know what to do with that. I don't, I don't know if I'm being mean, but come on, I can't, I can't, I can't let that go. Wes was like, what? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> think about all the names I have butchered. This is a real problem. I talk for a living and can't, can't pronounce words. Like, is that something I should have known? I don't, I don't live in, in you know, in horseland, in horseland. Well, it's, Gazelle's not a horse either. Yeah, people are all right. So here we go. Amazing. Yeah, here we go. Gazelle versus Giselle. <laughs> Mint, Hill, Mint Hillbilly wrote in, "What animal is that?" <laughs> Oh. See, see, I tried to go with this beautiful description mm -hmm. as a way to just compliment because he plays, he plays a beautiful right field, and uh, oh, he's a real Giselle in the outfield. Gorgeous, gorgeous baseball. <laughs> All right, I don't know. I can't wait. I can't wait the to see. The betting favorites are Pete Alonso and Guerrero. Oh, Vlad, those are your betting favorites from West Bryant. Yeah, Polar Bear. You think he's gonna win? Fitty, are you going to go ahead and with the polar bear that wins this thing? I mean, of course, because he's the best home run hitter in the game right now. So, and this is a this is a home it's an event made to hit home runs. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to pick I'm going to pick Alonso. All right, so we had Wes go to the foul line. I think it's an, a topic where everybody can get on the foul line mm -hmm. and chastise Northwestern Pat Fitzgerald for allowing hazing at that level to go on within its program, whether he knew about it or not. Uh, maybe not as serious as that of an issue, but Fitty, you said you were flirting with the idea of going to the foul line. Did you want to go ahead and end with a yeah. trip to the line? All uh -huh. right, go ahead, Fitty. Blow the whistle. Because I like the se I like the second intro a lot very well. All right, so look, I know the Atlanta Braves, best record in baseball, best team in baseball, sixty and twenty nine at the break. They're on a historic pace, but I've got a problem with their best players not showing up at the Midsummer Classic. You're talking about Spencer Strider elects not to pitch in the All Star game. We talk about Bryce Elder elects not to pitch in the All Star game. Acuna declines the home run derby. Same with Matt Olson. I don't want to hear these same players complain about the lack of interest in the sport. You're some of the best stars in baseball. You have a you have an obligation mm. to the history of the game to show up at the Midsummer Classic and put on a show because you might be the person that gets some little kid interested in baseball that just happens to turn on the home run derby or their old fogey dad happens to turn on the all-star game because he's watched it for 38 <laughs> years but has no interest in it. This absolutely upsets me. I know they're going to use, oh, uh, we have our sights set on winning a World Series and all this type of stuff, which is all great. And I, want, I don't want to take away from the ultimate team prize. But as someone, you know, we talk about how baseball is declining and stuff like that. This is a reason why, because people don't value showing up in some of the in, in, in a an event that is made to put the game on display. Show up, show out, and you can help bring back the fan base to baseball that we all want to see happen. Outside of the pitch clock and all the other stuff that Rob Manfred has done to tear down the great history and tradition of baseball. All right, Fort Mill Matt, he likes it. Fitty recovering strong from the Giselle fumble, 803. Fitty doesn't <laughs> understand, though. No one cares about baseball. I mean, Casey Steve, I know we referenced some text of his, but it's another good one. He said, I mean, a herd of Giselles wouldn't be a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it really wouldn't. It really would not. 704 is angry too. Screw the worthless all-star game. You don't feel that way though, right? No. It's not, you, you feel like because it's so meaningful that these Braves players should show up. To it's them. still the best all-star game we have in sports. The, the, that's the one thing baseball gets right. It's all-star event. It's better than the NBA's. It's better than the NFL's. It's better than hockey's. It's better than the MLS's. Hey, Wes, look, I know you're shaking your head, and I get it. But the one thing that baseball has with this all-star game, the other teams don't, is those dudes do go out 100% and try to perform to the best of their ability. Yeah, not to mention home field is on the line, too. Well, it used to be. Not anymore. Not anymore. It needs to come back. It used to be. But the reason I like it is... Those guys on the pitching mound are trying to strike out everyone just like they are in a regular season game. The dudes in the batter's box, they're not taking any plays off. Pro Bowl, you're doing that. NBA All-Star Game, you're doing that. It's the, well, the NBA, it's regular season. They take plays off. Well, Games off, no, weeks off. You don't see 150 points consistently in a regular season like you do the All-Star <laughs> Game. Point being, I, that's why I do agree with it. Uh, Kyle, did you have any MLB All-Star Game takes? Well, howdy we there, y'all. Kyle Bailey here. Uh, sorry, to, I, I don't need to hijack the end of your show as often as I do. I, I think just, you do. Well, no, I get here early, and I just like to friggin' glare at you, you idiot. It's welcome. Um, Thank you. No, I'm just, no, I like him. I'll come over to your yard again unannounced. I, yeah, no. I'm glad we, so at least disgusting. you won't throw up in again. Uh, it is the best all-star game. There's no doubt about that. Um, what do I mean? Like eight, nine million people have been tuning in to watch the home run derby the last couple of years. So you know, the home run is still the pinnacle of individual things to, to, to do in sports is to hit the home run. Uh, that and the three-point competition are the two best things left about any all-star weekend. That's not the game itself. It, because it still is effort, right? If you put out 100% effort, people yeah. can realize when you're mailing it in or not. And so. it's the essence of the game, right? Yeah. The essence of basketball is shooting it. The essence of baseball is hitting, uh, you know, hitting the baseball. Yeah, right. and I think baseball is a hard, sp- hard sport to dog it in in an all-star set. Well, I mean, you could just... It yeah. stands out. It I mean, a pitcher throwing more. a ball 90 miles, is you, what you're going to do? Just sit there and barely try to tap it? Like, no, sure. you can't. Right. You're gonna, you, yeah. it, it, it reveals itself if you try to half-ass sure. it in baseball yeah. because it's an individualized team sport. Yeah. Like, you, you're not going to... You know, you're on the backside of the play when somebody else has the ball and you're loafing it nobody's watching you. All right, we're going to get out of here like a herd of gazelles. That'll do it for Wes <laughs> and Walker. We're going to pass the baton to the Kyle Bailey Show. Hey, real quick. Yeah. This man was right about O'Charlie's Chicken Tenders. They're good. Oh, my God, dude. That's why they showcased them. Do they have good honey mustard as well? Am I wrong about that? All All the way around. The whole condiment selection. (laughs) Left to right. But they showcased their chicken tenders. I'm very glad you said that because I haven't had them in years. But low key, that was my reason to go to O'Charlie's for the longest time. But am I wrong because you didn't like Hardy's chicken tenders, but they're lightly breaded. O'Charlie's is lightly breaded. No, I didn't like Hardy's chicken tenders because they were too salty. Gotcha. Okay, not the breading on it. I have my rankings list coming up. Oh, dude. That's coming. I'm excited. It's summer radio, and it could not be any better. Kyle Bailey, Smoke Ludwig, coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.